praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter 3, I want you to rest your eyes on verse 6. Very familiar passage of scripture. So the woman saw that the, that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, and the tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Let's pray. pray. Oh, God, we are grateful for all that you have done, how our hearts have felt as we've been ushered into your presence through praise and worship. Now, Heavenly Father, meet us. Meet us at the point of our spiritual need so that we will become more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The definition of the word linger, linger, as we continue our series, Legacy Now, Building a Bridge to the Future Through Disciples That Make Disciples. The word linger, linger, it means to stay in a place longer than necessary because of reluctance to leave, to stay in a place longer than necessary because of reluctance to leave or to spend time doing something longer than necessary because it is enjoyable or helpful to, do, to spend time doing something longer than you have to because it's enjoyable or helpful. Lingering can also have a negative connotation. Somebody, uh, I, my wife, they got home after 4 o'clock. I think the function started at 12. You can wear out your welcome. Lingering too long. I, I, I know the Rollins didn't ask anybody to leave, but you can linger by staying longer than you should. You might not get invited back again. Uh, you can linger by wasting time and just being unproductive, just laying around when you should be doing something, but you're not. And you just stay in the bed or stay with that tablet and stay on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. You just before you know it, hours have passed and the day of opportunity has escaped you. David understood something after the fact about the danger of lingering. In 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 11, the Bible says, during the time that the kings would normally go to war, David decided to take a, va a vacation. No problem with the vacation, but he got restless during one long night. He didn't have a computer to do any searching, but he walked on the porch of the palace. And as he is strolling on the porch of the palace, restless with nothing to do, he becomes a peeping Tom. 
he sees another man's wife bathing and it was nothing wrong with him accidentally looking. Don't tell me, brothers, you wouldn't look now. Come on. The problem was he lingered. He lingered. And so his look after lingering became lust that activated a chain of events that caused people to die. Sometimes when you linger, it can cause people to lose their lives. Generations were in, impacted by David's decision not to do what Joseph did when Potiphar's wife grabbed on his clothes. And she wasn't trying to see if they fit. She was trying to see if she could get them off. And the Bible says that he broke away like the pastor uh, who got beat up by some of the officers, he said, if I had my breakaway robe, <laughs> they wouldn't have got me that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph broke away. <laughs> David lingered. Sometimes it's good. It's good to hang around and, and not rush. One of the ways I, as the pastor, measure the health of our church, I want to see how fast people leave. Now, I know that we're just getting out of the pandemic, but when I hear people just hanging around, that's like music to my ears. People don't want to go because you met the Lord in this place. The Bible says that Joshua, in Exodus chapter 33, Verse 11, it says that after Mo when Moses would go into the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, the, the cloud of God would cover the temple, and the people would begin to praise the Lord outside, and Moses would encounter God. The Bible says that God talked to Moses as a man talks to a friend face to face. And so what Joshua would do, would do when all of the people left, and when Moses went home, he just lingered just in case God might show up and show out. I want you to know that when Ruth was told by Naomi that her and Oprah could go back to their own people since they weren't Jewish, they were foreigners, and her, her sons, Naomi's sons, had died in a foreign land, she said, I'm not going to have, probably won't get married again. If I got married, my children, by the time they were old enough to, for you to read, it's not going to work, so you can leave. But the Bible says Ruth clung to Naomi. She lingered. She lingered. She ended up needing a dude named Boaz. <laughs> Kinsman Redeemer. Go, Bo, go. An ancestor of Jesus the Messiah. We read about uh, others who lingered. When you get to the New Testament, you read about a prophetess named Anna whose husband died, and so she devoted herself to serving in the temple by fasting and praying, waiting for the coming of the Messiah. She would not leave the temple until that day Messiah showed up. She lingered, and the Lord honored her heart's desire that she would live long enough for the Messiah 
to be born. It's good to linger sometimes. There were 10 lepers who got healed. Nine of them got their healing and they broke camp and thought of Jesus as far as we know. There's no mention that they thought of him again, but one lingered. One lingered and, and he said, I just want, I don't know about the other brother. I, I just want to say thank you. And Jesus says, weren't there 10 of you? And because the 10th lingered, Jesus said, I'm going to give you something greater than healing. I'm going to make you whole. And so the 10th leper who lingered got healed. Now, when we come to Genesis chapter 3, this is the most pivotal chapter in the entire Bible except for when we get to Matthew chapter 1 where it says the angel Gabriel appeared. <laughs> and Galatians chapter 4 verse 3 says in the fullness of time God sent forth his son. So those are those two that the that in Genesis chapter 3 you have the fall of man and then you have the redemption of man through the birth of Jesus Christ. Behold the lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. But this passage we, this, this is a passage that you cannot, uh, if you don't understand Genesis 3, none of the Bible will make any sense. But as you study this passage of scripture that is very familiar to us, most commentary, commentators and pastors who preach about this, the emphasis on how Eve ultimately ate the forbidden fruit is placed on her listening to the serpent. But I want to propose to you that the greatest decision that impacted uh, Eve's choice that now has a domino effect on us is not that she listened. There was nothing wrong with listening. Satan's always running his mouth. Every time you turn the TV on, every time you listen to that crazy music, he's talking. The issue was not to listen, but she lingered. She lingered. The reason I say she lingered is because in verse 6, the Bible says, after the, after the serpent spoke, listen to what the scripture says. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant, that Hebrew word saw, ra'ah, 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 it's translated in the uh, new, um, it's translated in the Living Letters translation. So after she became convinced that the fruit was good for food, that it was pleasurable for the eye, that it was helpful for wisdom, then she ate. She ate. Now, what makes that word a linger word is when you go back to the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. On seven different occasions, God uses the Hebrew word ra'ah, ra'ah. He created the light, and then he saw that it was good. Now watch the, watch the, watch the sequence. He created the light, but he didn't just say, okay, I did that. No, he evaluated, he scrutinized, he he. he he, he analyzed it. He, he dissected it. He checked to, to see if what he created 
worked based on how he intended it to work. And once he saw that it was working as he intended it to, he said, now it's good. Now it's good. And so the word ro'ah has the, 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 it has the idea of analyzing, scrutinizing, dissecting, empirically ex, uh, uh, trying to get the sense of, to come to a, a conclusion. And so seven times God saw what he did, and then he concluded, it's good. And so when, we, when Adam and Eve finally got what God created, they couldn't say anything was broken. You know how we do. You got it and you broke it and you called it. Hey, by the way, my refrigerator don't work. My, my this don't work. No, 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 no. God said, he, he, I examined this. I tested this out. The, the birds were flying after I tested them. I made them and they flew. I created the creatures for the sea and they swam. I flung the sun and the stars and the moon and the sky and then I flipped the switch and they worked and I said after I examined them it was good God lingered God lingered he researched his work before he moved to the next thing and then on the seventh day the Bible says he created the Sabbath so that men could rest and in verse 31 of chapter 1, it says, and God not only said it was good, he was said, it's very good. What God was saying is, what I have done over these seven days is better than good. It's better than good because I have scrutinized it, evaluated. I have tested this. So the scripture says, when the woman, Ra'u, not to change the word, but you know what I mean. When the, when the woman saw the fruit, she decided to evaluate it, to dissect it, to scrutinize that thing, and then draw her own conclusions. And so she lingered. She pondered that thing. You know how ladies, you're going shopping for that one little thing. <laughs> or or, or here, here, here's how we do it. You're looking at your watch. Did I get my steps in? How many calories is this? You know how you're doing. You, you, I mean, you're you, you getting that all set up so you're going to make every effort to stay on target, to keep your physical, keep your, keep your weight under control. That's what she did. She lingered. Now, now, now notice how, what, what tools she used to evaluate what she was seeing based on what the serpent said. The first thing the Bible says is that she saw that the fruit was pleasurable. And so what that means is that she, she evaluated, she made, a, she made a spiritual decision, that's what this was, when Satan was saying, God knows that you, if the day that you eat, you'll be like him. God is insecure. God didn't say what you think he said. So, so this was a spiritual encounter between Satan because he was attacking the word of God. But she used fleshly tools to make a spiritual decision. How many of you know that the natural man cannot receive the things that come from the spirit of God? That there's a wisdom that comes from God that doesn't come from your flesh. So the first level of evaluation that she used was physical. She saw that it was pleasurable for her body. So she evaluated this thing physically. 
And then the scripture says that she saw it was desirable to look at. There ain't nothing wrong. God said, I know God said it's, it, it's forbidden and we shouldn't eat. God never said you shouldn't touch it. He said you shall, the day that you eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, in that day you shall surely die. Now God, Satan added, if you touch it. And then she said, oh, yeah, I, I think I saw that in my, my transliteration. So she said, when, she, when the Bible says, so physically she saw that it wouldn't, wouldn't add any calories to her. Then she said it was desirable to look at. So now she's looking at it in terms of how it will make her feel. She's evaluating it through her emotions. And then it says, and she saw, she that she saw, she dissected and evaluated that the fruit would actually be beneficial to her intellectually. It would make her wise. It would get her get closer to her degree. Maybe she could become Dr. Eve. <laughs> the only issue is God, God doesn't have any problems with us using our senses to evaluate and make decisions. But his problem is, is that when we exclude what she did, she did not evaluate her decision from the grid of the word of God. God had already spoken about this. He said, don't do it. But if you're operating in your flesh, if you're physical, oh, man, this thing's going to make me get some muscle mass. Oh, man, is this going to feel good if I drink that? Oh, man, if I smoke this, it's going to be good. And if I, if I could just keep on listening to all these podcasts, it's going to just feed my mind intellectually. But you exclude the spiritual. You're going to come up with the conclusion that it's okay. I want you to know there's not a problem that you're going to face in your life today, in your marriage, at work, in your personal thought life that isn't spiritual. That's why the Bible says in all your ways acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. If you lack wisdom, God said there's no shortage I will give it to you. You don't have to make bad decisions because of how you feel, how it tasted. Oh, man, he's fine. I can't wait to get to know him. He got to be okay. He go to church. That don't mean he, he. Bible says, be aware that the devil appears as an angel of light. He masquerades. Oh, and she does too. Disguises herself as an angel of of light when we evaluate our lives based on what we can see, touch, feel smell and hear we are going to draw the wrong conclusion and the devastation of that she had no idea that her decision would impact generations throughout the history of mankind. This is what the scripture says in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. It says, therefore just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned in Adam. When Adam sinned, what David says in Psalm 51 verse 5, he said I was born in sin shaped in iniquity and then sin that my mother conceived me. We all, because of the decision 
that was made in Genesis 3 had been infected with an incurable disease that separates us from God, that causes us to be born spiritually dead, and it's called sin. It's sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Guess who that includes? Everybody in this room, including me. And so it goes back to lingering. What ha whatever you focus on, that's, what you, that, that's where you're lingering. Whatever you focus on, that is all that you're going to see. If you don't focus on more than what you can, if you don't expand your focus, you will only see what is in front of you. And your decisions, like Eve, not only will impact you, but they will have generational consequences. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, notice where the crime occurs, the scene of the crime. This wasn't on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, where people go to get drunk, party, or try to rob you. Or like most of us when we go down there, the first place you want to go is where? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Right. You one of those. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to go to Bourbon Street. And I ate something when I was on Bourbon Street. Now, it's not easy to eat on Bourbon Street because it smells like everybody decided to vomit at the same time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a bad place. Took a couple of our uh, members down there one time. I didn't see my son until we got ready to get on the plane. <laughs> it was funny. He stayed on Bourbon Street. He lived at the apartment was there. I'm sure they were having church somewhere. <laughs> um, this wasn't Bourbon Street. This was the crime-free drug-free, pollution-free Garden of Eden that God had placed Adam and Eve in. Everything that they could ever want, this was the dream of a lifetime for any married couple. They didn't start at the bottom, they started at the top. They started in the Garden of Eden. And it was in this garden this action of, uh, of Eve lingering transpires. And what, what that says to me, the devil doesn't have a sacred place. He didn't decide, oh, you had going to church. <laughs> okay, you cool. Well, I'll see you when you got out of church and we've got, you, know, you can just concentrate on the things of the Lord. No, 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 no. The devil came to church with you. There are, there are demons assigned to you. And we quote the scripture all the time. Wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and rules and high blood. You have demons assigned to you. And they're at this church. And they don't, all, they don't manifest physically. But the devil, the Bible says, we want, God wants us to be aware of the devil's strategies, his, 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 his plan. His, he, has a, he, has a, 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 he has a profile on you. And he, he got all, you got your phone program for when the scores occur, when the bets go in, and you pray, I think you praise the Lord. No, you just hit that, you just won the bet. And you're in church, and the devil's supposed to wait. No, no, he don't wait. People get offended when you tell them, put your phone on silent. You don't want no phone on silent. You want to be able to keep up. 
And so the enemy will attack you wherever you are. The Bible says when the devil was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, after he had fasted 40 days before, one of the places that he took him was the highest pentacle in the temple. He took him to church. And then he took the word and said, if you are the son of God, you can throw yourself down from this place and the angels will be dispatched and they will rescue you and you will not injure a bone in your body. And then Jesus said, it is also written, it is written that you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Don't expect God to do something for you that he already gave you the ability to do. That's tempting the Lord. And so I, I, I know you are here to, to get the word, but it's a battle to stay focused, especially with our, the challenge of attention span. You know, I, I got to be careful now. You got a five-minute attention span. And so the devil didn't stay home. He's faithful to make sure that anything that he can do. Notice the, the serpent, what, who the devil used. Now, I don't know about you, when I, when I would read uh, uh, the Bible, and the Bible said the serpent was more subtle than any other creature God had made, I immediately think of this slimy, slippery, venom-carrying, fang-biting, scary-looking creature. No, 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 no. When God originally made the serpent, it did not crawl on its belly. It stood erect. God cursed the serpent and caused it to, to crawl in the dirt as a result of Satan. Guess Satan entered, the Bible says, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, that it was the serpent, it was the dragon, it was the devil who entered into the serpent and he used the serpent to deceive Eve. So there was nothing wrong with the serpent. Here it is. The Bible says after God created the, the, all of the creatures, creatures, he said, and it is good. There's nothing wrong with the serpent. The problem was God never created the serpent to talk. He just do this, and, and, and. Got all that saying. You know what? You, you have people. I got my, my dog talk. We communicate, okay? You really do. <laughs> Pets don't communicate in the way humans can. That's one of the unique distinctions of, a, of Fido in us. Yeah, I, I know you love him, but Fido ain't you. So when Eve and Adam heard the serpent talking, they should have automatically known something's not right. Some of us are so spiritually carnal and so callous and unawares of spiritual warfare that we're in. You're in a battle and bombs are flying all around. You don't even know it. That you are insensitive to the attack of the enemy. And here's the thought. Just like the devil has no sacred place, he has no sacred people. He'll work through anybody. Even what God created and said was good, he worked through the serpent. I'm trying to preach last Sunday. And I hear this beep, 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 beep. I'm looking for the target on my forehead. Like, who's lining me up here? This little kid on the computer. Just playing. I'm trying to find, where's the, whoa, what's going on? The devil does not want you to hear the word. 
And that's why he tries to, to distract us and keep us from church, keep you out of your Bible. Isn't it hard to get in your word? It, it, you, you, so, back in the day when we were just using the Bible, the pages, and just, no, no, we couldn't even find our Bible. Because the devil knows that the scripture will either keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the scripture. And so the devil will use anyone, even the create creatures that God said are good. So the serpent was a tool that the enemy worked through, and the enemy, he never was intended to talk. The serpent was never intended. Now watch the strategy here. Who did he attack? Eve. Now Adam wasn't home watching the Eagles. Whoop up on the 49ers and the Giants. Especially the, the Giants. But he was right there with his woman. So the question is, why Eve? Because he was really targeting Adam. That, 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 that's who he really was coming after we always talk about how many followers we have on Instagram and Twitter. The enemy was after Adam's followers. And this wasn't about Twitter. <laughs> this was about universal sin that would pass from Adam to you, to me, to my children. And so he was after the influence of Adam. And he chose Eve because she had the greatest influence over Adam. He loved her more than anyone else. You remember how crazy he was when God brought that woman in front of him? Oh my good bone of my bone! Flesh of my flesh! I get to see that boy drooling. <laughs> you know, I'm about to... <laughs> I, I bet you before the ink even hit the page, the two become one flesh. This dude... <laughs> He was one of these, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to do right. But I want to suggest, don't man, don't man at me, sis, but I'm going to suggest some other reasons. He was really after Adam. Because he had, his decision would impact all of humanity. Her decision would impact her husband. Now watch this. I believe the first reason he attacked Eve was because her personality. Sugar and spice and a little everything nice. That don't sound like no Bible to me. Okay, let me, let me help you out. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says that he has made the wife as the weaker vessel. Not inferior, not less than, but it by design, she is relational. She is a nurturer. We don't care. Come on now, bro. I, I could see Adam not even say, dude, get out of here. I don't have no time for you. And she said, honey, don't, 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 just, don't just shoo him away. Why don't you just let him talk? Come, you know, that's not fair. We like, I don't got time for this. And Eve is saying, we can at least give him a few minutes. 
So her personality as a nurturer, as a relationship builder, that's priority to a woman, relationship. That's not our priority. We want to accomplish things. We, we, we can be horrible husbands and amazing in, in our careers. And women will let us know. <laughs> they will let us know. It also means that she was rare, rare it's like a rare instrument, delicate. It, it, it was, she, was, she was very, very uh, unique in terms of how she should be handled. That's why the Bible calls uh, the, the, the man, the husband, he is the band around the family, the, the husband. We are the defense around the family. So her personality made her more likely to be the one that would buy that vacuum cleaner. She was also attacked because of her prominent role in the home based on what God had commanded. Satan knows the strategy of God. He told Adam and Eve in, in verse 26, he's created us and created man and woman in his own name. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so the woman is normally the primary caregiver in the home. Now that's changed because women working outside the home and so forth. But Primarily, when you, when you look at what God says the role of a woman is, is your home is a priority. When a woman is working outside the home, she's really helping us, brothers. That's not, God doesn't obligate the woman to take care of the home. He obligates the, the man to be the primary provider. And if the woman goes to work, she's helping us. And we should help her do more than you normally would do because she's assisting us. Now stay with me, getting kind of quiet up in here. The scripture says that in the last days, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, that there are, th that the enemy's primary target will be to attack our home. And he says that they are the kind of worms that make their way into homes, gaining control over gullible women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. One of the things about women, women have no problem with sharing their problems and learning. One of the problems with always wanting to learn and share your problems, that can make you very vulnerable to people that will take advantage of you emotionally. And so the scripture says that the enemy in the last days, not only is going to, we made in the image of God, so the, the devil's attacking the image of God. So we don't know who we are. We don't know if we're man, we we woman, if we should be man and woman marrying or man, woman and man marrying. That's, he's attacking the home. Amen? And so the, the woman's prominent role in the home is what's coming under attack. So knowing what Eve would represent in the home, he came against her because of the influence she would have in their home. He chose her. But there's a third reason. Eve's position in, as Adam's helper, she was created to be his subordinate in the sense that God says he created Eve to be his helper. What does that mean? Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Wives, submit, come under the authority voluntarily of your own husbands because he is your head just like Christ is the head of the church. So here, watch this. this. To me, this might be the most important one. 
her position as being subordinate under her husband may be the primary reason the devil came because when the devil came to Adam and Eve, he said, if you eat, you will be like God. You will, will look, do you know the difference between knowledge of good and evil and you will be able to determine basically for yourself your own rules. So who stood to gain the most? If Eve was going to be like God and therefore she would now be equal to Adam and she wouldn't have to submit to him because she and Adam would be the same. And so her, her position as subordinate was one that she could examine and say, you know what, if the devil, if this is, if what he's saying is true, then I don't have to be the follower. I can, I can cut my own deal here. She stood to gain the most if what the devil was saying was true because it went against what God said his order would be, that the husband would be the head spiritually over his wife. Here's the final thing. So let me say this. Adam was right there. God gave him the vision for the family. God gave him the scripture. Before there was even an Eve, he told Adam what should not occur. So it was Adam's job to teach his wife. That was his primary responsibility. The wife's primary pastor is not me. Your husband is your pastor. And I am your pastor by his permission. What that means is your husband should know who's teaching you and what you are being taught. And you should periodically be asking, because women are, 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 they are eager to learn. They listen. They, somebody getting ready to get ordained, I'm going. Somebody getting ready to be a bishop, I'm going. Somebody getting ready to be a pope, I'm going. Excursion to hell? Oh, oh, no, I don't think I'm going there, but, but it, it, are my cousins going? I'm going. <laughs> it is the husband's responsibility to protect his family and his wife spiritually. So that means you ought to know what your wife is being taught, and if you don't, she will get taught, and when she comes up with something that you don't agree with, don't be surprised. And if he says, I don't believe, I was just listening to my girl, Cece, why not love her? And then she says at the end of the song, now all of you speak in your own personal heavenly language. I don't see the Bible commanding anybody to speak in tongues. How can you command that? That just ruined the song for me. If, if, if you need to know who is your wife's primary teacher, and it ain't me, you're here 45 minutes or an hour, if, 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 am I wrong? But you're listening to the view, the view five days a week. You're on TikTok hours in a day. It used to be Oprah, but now she's not your master teacher anymore. You're on Facebook. I know you are, because every now and then I stumble on the Facebook. We are on Facebook. That is our primary teacher today. And husbands, if you are aware that your wife is spending most of her time learning how to be a wife and a mother and a godly woman from the TikTok and the view, you've got a problem in your home. Submission says, I'm going to tell my husband I'm about to go here. Now, if you get far enough along, you know your wife is mature and spiritual, and she, not, she knows sound doctrine. 
you may have that kind of understanding, but she should always give you the benefit of the doubt to say, you know what? I'm getting ready to go with my cousin. If I don't get back here in 10 hours, <laughs> they don't collect the offering until you should be able to say to your wife, babe, mm -mm, I don't want you to go to that. And she said, wait a minute. Pookaboo's going. <laughs> you should say, honey, if you don't want me to go, you are my pastor. You are my spiritual pastor. I am saying as your pastor, by permission, by your, if you're married, there's a lot of this nonsense that we're watching on Facebook. Pandemic has birthed. Everybody's called now. Preaching false doctrine, and we're confused, and we got a mess, and the church has no power. And so the position, her, 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 her position, her, and then now the final thing, the reason he attacked her, because of her power. The man is the head, but guess where the neck is? If the head, husband's the head, the woman's the neck, and your head ain't going no. <laughs> No, it won't. They said, Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. I used to say, What you mean that Mama's not happy, nobody's happy? Ain't the way rings roll in my house. Yes, it is. You may be the head, but if that neck don't work right. So Satan attacked Eve because he knew the influence she had on her husband. I can tell you there's not a happy man that's married who has a wife that's not, that's not under his, not under divine authority. You're not happy. You don't have a good marriage. Your marriage is divided. I don't care how much money you make. This, the, the, the order of God is not based on how much money you make or who the biggest is and where you travel, who you know, how many degrees. It's about obedience to divine order. Let me finish with this. Here are the side, sad consequences. When we linger, when we decide physically, emotionally, and intellectually, I can figure this out. I know how to use a computer. Okay, why are you in this bad debt? I know how to use a computer. Why are all your kids in jail? I know how to use a computer. Why are you married the fourth time? I know how to use a computer. I don't know if I'm a man or a woman. I know how to use a computer. first consequences were, was relational. The Bible says that Eve, you're going to have children through labored childbearing and you will still want that man. You're going to still, you're going to say, I ain't never have no baby. No more. Get out of my face. Y'all about breathe, breathe, relax, breathe, get rid. You sit down here and have this child. said, your desire will still be for your husband, and he will try to dominate you. That's what the scripture says. There's going to be a battle for power in the home that didn't exist prior to sin. So one of the consequences is a battle in the home for power. Who's going to wear the pants? And ain't I in charge, honey? You got to ask your wife you're in charge. You ain't in charge. <laughs> I heard a brother say, if you were half the man your mother was, man, you'd be a bad dude. 
Then there were personal consequences. The Bible says after they ate, their eyes were open. They were open to sin but closed to sanctification. And the first thing they did was they fled from the presence of God. One of the consequences when we linger and figure it out on our own is there will be self-deception. God is going to be the problem, not us. They hid from God. Like God, had, God hadn't done anything to him, them. And it is a bad theology. You think you can hide from God? It's the first time in, in history where Adam is actually fleeing from the Lord. And the, he didn't say when, 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 when God shows up in the garden, because it was so personal, he said, he didn't say, Eve, where are you? Come here, baby, let's get this. No, he said, Adam, I gave you the keys. I put you in charge. You fell asleep at the will. And the reason the churches in the state it's in today, the reason why our black boys are being killed today and the prisons are filled with our children and our, their arms are being uh, filled with drugs, Adam, you fell asleep at the will. Where are you, Adam? It is, this was not a geographical question. God knew where he was. This was spiritual. He was lost in the moment he died. So there was, there was, there was self-deception that now God is in it. But there was separation. Spiritually unplugged from God. Let me hurry. Separation, self-sufficiency. The Bible said they made for themselves coverings. You know how we do. We don't need God. We got money. We don't need God. We got a great job. We don't need God. Look at this house we live in. And then all of a sudden God says, lay down in this bed for a while. Let me see how COVID and you get along. Well, I'll be over this in a few days. A few months have passed. You still got it. So they covered themselves. Isn't that interesting how we try to hide things from God? You cover themselves. Then there was self-consciousness. The Bible says they knew they were naked and they were ashamed. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that there's something wrong with being black? Who told you there's something wrong with the, with the shape of your lips? Who told you that your height or your figure, who told you that there was something wrong with you? Don't you understand? You are made by my hands. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, but now you are self-conscious. Now you've got self-esteem issues. Now you're struggling with insecurity. Where did it start? Lingering. And then self-preservation. And he said, Adam, who told you were naked? Said, that woman you gave me. I was fine. It was just you and me. Oh, man, before you gave me her, I was like. <laughs> he blamed the woman. Self-preservation. Survival of the fittest. Me first. God, if you got to take her out, mm, just be a <laughs> fine. We cool. Just, just kind of skip over me. He blamed the woman. Then the woman said, the serpent. Isn't it interesting how we get caught, we blame? You don't know where I came from. You don't know I, I raised without a dad. Oh, I'm alive, but I didn't have a heart. You had a heart. You couldn't be alive. You didn't have, we got all kinds of excuses. Stress at work. Stress in our marriages. And then, so it's relational consequences, personal consequences, universal consequences. 
the Bible says, in Adam, we all have been infected with sin. What we see in the world today is not an economic problem. It's not even socioeconomic. Racism is going away. It ain't going away. It's a sin problem, not a skin problem. The Bible says, by one man, when Adam sinned, it's kind of like the Eagles when they were beating the Giants, uh, and one of our players jumped off sides on the offensive line. Even though it was only one player, the entire team was penalized because one man jumped off sides. When Adam jumped off sides and disobeyed God, we all suffered, not because of Eve, but because Adam listened to Eve and he ate, and so sin is passed to the man. So there's generational, and then, but the good news is in verse 15, just like through one man, we all die. But there's a second Adam, and his name is Jesus. And this Jesus was tempted just like Adam, yet without sin. The Bible said because he did not sin, even though he was tempted, that you and I, through his blood, we can come boldly unto the throne of grace. And in that place called grace and mercy, we can find help. Anybody need some help? I don't know about you, but I need some help to meet us in a time of our need. Stand with me. One of the most scary passages in all the Bible. <laughs> if you get a chance, read this passage. 1 Kings chapter 13. This is when the kingdom has been divided. In the northern kingdom, the tent has all evil kings. But God chooses a no-name prophet. His name is never mentioned. To do a major job. He had a, an assignment that included four things. The first thing that he was supposed to do was to go to Bethel and prophesy about the birth of a king named Josiah. Then he was supposed to preach against idolatry. The altar uh, that was dedicated to Baal and Asherah. And, and then to know that it was from God that Jer Jeroboam, the king of the northern tribes, was receiving it, he said, the third part of your assignment is you're going to show him a sign. And the sign was he was going to grab the altar and preach against it, and the altar was going to split in two. And when the altar split in two, uh, you would have thought that Jeroboam, the, the king, would have fallen and said, oh, God, forgive. No, he reached after the prophet, to, 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 and he said, he, said, he said, take him into captivity. And when he reached God caused him to have a paralysis in his arm. He couldn't move his arm. But the fourth thing was probably the weirdest and the most incidental of the four things he had to do. God said, don't linger. He said, after you finish prophesying, preaching, and showing a sign, go. Don't talk to anybody. Don't eat anything. Don't sit down. I don't even want you to go to the bathroom. Get ghosts. And so a prophet, an old prophet there said, uh, you can come to my house. And then the, then the no-name no -name prophet said, look, God told me not to linger. God told me to go. And then the prophet lied and said, no, I heard from an angel. I read from a different version of the Bible. 
And he said, you could stop and you could eat with me and then you're going away. And so the prophet said, okay. If you say that God said it, don't you understand? If somebody said God said it, he'll verify it in his word. So the preacher lingered. He sat down to eat. And then the word of God came to him a second time. He said, because you have defiled my word. He said, you will not be buried with your, par- your, fa- your family. He said, you will, be, you will be killed. And on his way back, he was devoured by a lion. He was killed. That was one of those obey or die. Sometimes your lingering is a matter of life and death. It's not even your death. It's the devil coming through you to get to somebody else because you're not lined up with the word. They can't see Jesus. I don't know what your purpose is, what God's plan and legacy. All I know is don't linger. Don't think you've got tomorrow to do it. Get busy today. Today is the day that we can serve because the night is coming. And no man will be able to touch you. Stop lingering. There's too much to lose. Father God, in Jesus' name, oh God, Lord, you just convicted my heart. I don't want to linger. Father, my prayer today, you put a new word in my spirit. And it just, you told me to look at my wife in, in a way that I've never seen her before. I don't know where that used to say, look at your wife differently starting today. And the first thing that came to my mind was 1 Peter 3. What makes a woman attractive is the inner beauty. Father, I pray that we would not be guilty of what Eve was guilty of. Father, I pray for every man in this place that we would love our wives as Christ loved the church. I pray that there would be no question in any of our wives' minds that we love them unconditionally. Father, I pray for a spirit of submission by wives that if anyone would come against their husband with teachings that he has not taught them, that they would shut it down. that they would say, you need to talk to my husband. I pray, oh God, that you would raise up a spirit that would say, I'm going to do exactly what you have called me to do and no more. Release that spirit in this church today. Father, I pray for those who have been lingering in thoughts of fear and deny the thoughts of uh, uh, self poor self-esteem. May we stop lingering there. Those of us who've been lingering over past failures, some of us have been lingering with the spirit of unforgiveness. Father, may we move on. Too much is at stake. In Jesus' name. As you remain standing in the presence of the Lord, I believe that the spirit of God is at work right now. And he is speaking to you And he's asking you, 
to break free from these things that have distracted you from becoming all that God wants you to be. The devil is a liar. Understand that he's working through these things to keep you from being focused on the things of God. We are losing a generation because we are distracted. Oh God, right now, set us on a path that says I'm not turning back. Now with every head bowed and all eyes closed, oh, I'm so glad that he's still faithful. That the Jesus who willingly left heaven to come to earth, he did it for you. He did it for me. This is personal. If you're here today and you have not asked Jesus to save you from your sins, I, I, I know that if we had an incurable disease, we would go everywhere, talk to every doctor, spend every dime. But the greatest disease that will keep you out of heaven will not be tuberculosis, will not be cancer, will not be, it will be sin. But I'm glad that there's a price that has been paid, a remedy, the precious blood of Jesus. And if you simply by faith receive what was already done on your behalf, the Bible says you'll be saved. So if you're here today and you want to be saved from the power of the penalty of guilt of your sin. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Right where you are, the Lord is speaking to you. It's personal. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Adam? Spiritually. Where are you, Eve? Spiritually. Are you saved? Are you sure that you would go to heaven if you died today? You don't have to be unsure. You don't have to be unsure. Is there one? Is there one? Are you here today and you don't have a church home? And God said, this is where you should unite. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you in that way. Would you simply raise your hand right where you are? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. I'm going to ask this couple to come forward. I, I love folk that my amen corner has already gotten strength. And praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.